0: welcome to Rank and Vile, the podcast where we are ranking every single horror movie ever made from best to worst. And this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How's it we going?
1: You know, it's 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 a rough world out there. But if there's one balm to my soul, the balm of Gilead is new VHS tapes.
0: Yes. So which uh, which uh, VHS? Uh, so give me the give me the rundown. What are the VHS tapes this week?
1: So, this week, and when I mean new, I mean actual, newly produced VHS Wait, in they're... the year of our Lord 2020. They're
0: still out here doing it?
1: I mean, normally what they are is old blanks that are either dead stock or, um, or Frankenstein together. Mm-hmm. Someone has popped open an old case and put in a new reel or just recorded over that. But I just got Room Two Hundred Eight, who is a synthwave producer, Ooh. Uh, who did a collaboration with. Uh, here, did you hear that ASMR of my clamshell <laughs> popping
0: open. I do. It's yeah. It's very soothing. I can hear the ocean. <laughs> uh,
1: Dystopia, um, Dystopia Kid, and Room Two Hundred Eight uh, put their album, uh, put Room 208's album Awakening on a tape, and it is a movie made from repurposed uh, anime. So it's Jinro Wolf Brigade and Serial Experiments Lane over Synthwave and a new storyline about pleasure sense.
0: So you're saying that this is basically the three YouTube videos I have open simultaneously just like mixed together into a single song.
1: (laughs) Exactly. You're... Your anime fan videos, your <laughs> synthwave.
0: <laughs> Honestly, AMVs. I feel like they might be. Are they a lost art? Like, are there still uh, kids out here making AMVs, or is this just, like, does this just date me as a complete fossil?
1: Well, Ryan, what they are now is there are uh, Five Nights in Freddy's AMVs.
0: There we go. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I, because Christina, um, like, works with, works with kids, and I feel like uh, every time i made aware of what the kids are doing now, like, I respect them and their power a little more, but I also fear them because, like, I, I fear they're savvy and how they're all funny now and dress well, and it's like, look, I, I, I didn't learn how to make a joke until I was, like, 20, and I dressed, uh, like... An anime doofus until I was, like, 18. Like, it's Listen, it's, it's um, not okay.
1: I deeply relate because I just purchased a brand new copy of the Crow soundtrack.
0: Oh, fuck yeah. Okay, all right, look. The Crow soundtrack stands the test of fucking time, though. That That is a good soundtrack.
1: It is very um, varied. I, I was shocked mm-hmm. when I bought it on LP uh, because... Nice. <laughs> Because I got the special 30th in-edition gatefold record with the fourth side being an etching of the Crow logo instead of music. Uh Um, And it just so happens to split that all the goth is on side A all of the grunge and speed metal is on side B, and then all of the stuff that you don't remember was on the Crow soundtrack is on side C.
0: Yeah, yeah, side A, you're getting Burned by the Cure, you're getting... Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, covering Joy Division, you've got Golgotha Tenement Blues by Machines of Loving Grace. Like, honestly, that soundtrack is so good, it'll make you think that Big Empty by uh, Stone Temple Pilots is a good song. Yeah, side B... Pantera, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we need them in the mix. <laughs> Honestly, like The Crow is one of those movies that I, 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 I debate now, and I don't know if this is uh, a pretty frequent quarantine mood for anybody else, but like, there, the question of what are we gonna watch tonight is always a big question <laughs> in my house because, like, you, like, lately, it's do you want to rewatch Shit's Creek, and we're like doing our rewatch, and we're like halfway through season four of Shit's Creek, having watched it the second time. Um, but in the back of my mind, always when the question is, so what do we want to watch tonight? I always want to be like the crow. crow. Do you want to watch the crow? (laughs) And it's like, I know that this, yeah. And I know that this will be a fun time for exactly me. Like neither Sarah nor Christina wants to watch the crow. Um, but now the thing is that the crow as a movie, um, it's, I've watched it so many times that I have no frame of reference for whether it's actually a good movie anymore.
1: You know, I I came to The Crow as an adult. I didn't oh, yeah. watch The Crow uh until I was like 18, so like, you know, I could I could go and die for our country before I
0: watched The Crow. <laughs> There's something perverse about that, Shirley. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, your childhood ends but... the moment you watch The Crow. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, I yeah, I I think I just paraphr I think I just paraphrased the top dollar line from the crow where it's like, <laughs> My father always told me that your childhood's over the day you know you're gonna die. So it's already just it's soaked into my brain. There's no there's no escaping that fucking movie. Honestly, I would watch it with my uncle when I was a kid, and I was way too young to be watching that specific movie.
1: Oh, Defo. And isn't it Perfect for our uncles and aunts to introduce us to. My aunt rented uh, Desperado for me. Oh, nice. That's And a immediately good one. said, don't tell your parents we rented this movie.
0: <laughs> it's like, I, I feel like it's the most sainted position you can occupy is the cool aunt or uncle or non-binary equivalent who's like, all right, kiddo, I'm, I, listen, we're going to watch fucking Bloodsport. And you're going to be cool, and you're not going to tell your mom and dad that I let you watch Bloodsport. Um, holy shit. So, speaking of Bloodsport, let's, holy shit, let's jump into uh, uh, the movie we're doing for this week. So, the movie we're doing for this week is uh, Paganini Horror uh, from 1989, directed by Luigi Cosi. Cosi?
1: Luigi Cosi, who's better known for contamination and um, other 80s Italian splatter flicks.
0: Yeah, and so wait, so you got the the fucking bespoke copy of this with the soundtrack on audio disc, right? So, so
1: this is the deal. Um, our friends at Lens Drip uh, Films have a boutique horror and cult uh, storefront online uh, where you can get the good shit, uh, and you don't have to buy it from Amazon or Target. And not only did they have, um, did they have an extensive extensive severin collection but they still had the limited edition severin release of paganini horror that came with a compact disc of the entire soundtrack god also have damn. to say for a movie based off of baroque composer paganini entirely electronic soundtrack <laughs> Now, even the strings the strings are all synthetic strings.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're we're talking Yamaha DX7 City. Like this is now this is I, I should point out, um Paganini was a fucking terrible composer. He was now I, I need you to under like I, I don't know how much you know about the mythology of Niccolo Paganini. Um this is drag culture to me. What he would do back in the day is that this extra piece of shit, this dramatique risque ho would saw halfway through the strings of his violin so that they would break during live performances so that he's <laughs> only left with one violin string to just be fucking wailing on it and showing off and doing cool violin tricks on the one string.
1: So, speaking of cool things, this Severin Blu-ray also has a bespoke brand new interview with Luigi Causey called... Play it again, Paganini, an interview with <laughs> Luigi Cozzi. And the story behind this movie is fucking insane.
0: So what is the story behind this movie?
1: So, Cozzi claims that he came up with the idea of this movie because he was approached by a producer to write a Paganini biopic. And it had to star Christopher Lambert.
0: Oh, that's just standard. That's just base level. has to star Christopher Lambert. It had to
1: star Christopher Lambert because Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Apes, which is also the most extra title for that goddamn movie. It's... I can't believe this movie's 130 minutes long with a title like Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan, comma,
0: Lord of the End. (laughs) (laughs) This movie is not even a tight 90. It is an hour and 24 minutes. You mean
1: Hugh Hudson was disappointed that another hour was left on the cutting room
0: floor? (laughs) So wait, so so this started as an actual straight-ahead biopic of Niccolo Paganini?
1: Yeah, but because Greystoke... Uh, Greystoke failed so miserably, Mm -hmm. they're like, well, Christopher Lambert's career is over, so we're (laughs) not going to make the Paganini movie because he was the only thing we had going for us. So, Causey is like, fuck, man, I started to research this scrub. Mm -hmm. No one makes me care about a composer. I'm a horror movie director. Also, Last time I checked, no one is like, you know what was a really well-written movie is anything by Luigi Gonsi. Oh,
0: honestly, I feel like if you're an Italian director who doesn't do Giallo, you are probably terrible. Like, so many bad, bad movies just have either an Italian production or an Italian director attached to it. And it's in such a specific direction where it's like, extremely like bad adr extremely extra soundtrack and actually now that i say that that's also most jollo movies
1: yeah (laughs) he writes this screenplay and now he's like fuck what am i gonna do with this screenplay he's like i guess we'll just make him a murderer
0: (laughs) that's what's incredible about this is that he defaulted immediately you know what you know what it is When all you have is being a horror director, every problem looks like something you can solve with corn syrup and squibs. Like, he was looking at this thing... Suddenly,
1: the the violin um, has a knife that that pops out of it like a (laughs) switchblade, and we're good to go.
0: I love it because... Now, okay, so the violin knife makes no goddamn sense. Why like it just Not sh- a single bit. Like it would like it's like a stand up bass has that little that little spike you can like set on the ground and pivot around because like you need that. Nope like your your violin is on your shoulder and like you're not why would you have a knife where your neck g- anyway, anyway. I might be giving this too much too much thought. Um
1: Oh, and this is on Tubi if you don't want to track down the blu-ray but it is a very good transfer and okay so i have to gush um oh, please do severin are saints of the horror movie um niche uh blu-ray industry mm-hmm. because there is an sdh track for the english audio and there Ooh. is an and there is an english subtitle for the Italian audio, and they are two separate scripts.
0: Holy shit. So the version, I mean, so the version we get of this is the one that's been like double Google translated?
1: The one we get is the actual SDH that matches the audio on screen so that me being an old man can actually... Uh, not have to give my entire attention and blast my TV. But also, I don't know if you've run into this problem, too. Usually the um, subtitles are for the the foreign language track, Mm -hmm. and the translation is a different translation than the subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing track
0: see this is honestly i watch everything i watch uh with subtitles if i can like i'm i'm, I'm at the age where like a, my hearing is so bad from just like w- listening to music way too loud throughout my life um and so without that like if, uh, like even going to movie theaters it's hard for me to hear anything that's going on if i don't have a subtitle to it um i don't know that the subtitles would have helped with uh, Paganini horror now the audio in this the ADR even for an Italian production uh, in, in English is completely insane <laughs> like it is people's mouths like it's it's not like not only do the mouths not match up with it the vocal performances like I don't know I they found the most excited voice actors in the world to do this and I'm so happy for them um
1: So, the movie starts out (laughs) with a little girl in Venice. Um, Also, um, Kazi says in the interview, which they basically use in lieu of a um, director um, commentary, Mm -hmm. that the budget was so tight... He was he was telling his producer, at least let me go to um, Venice for the day and we'll just pretend it's set in Venice. So like that one shot of the canal is all he had time to shoot. And the rest of it is just in a soundstage.
0: So it's like Jason takes Manhattan where it mostly (laughs) takes place on a boat. And then also at the end, they're like Times Square. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, holy shit. Yeah, this this movie... Now, yeah, it's, so it starts out um, with a little girl uh, who is supposed to be practicing, I think, violin. Um, yes. And her mom is taking a bath in the bathroom from The Shining, basically. It's just this, like, <laughs> super, super red bathroom, and she's in a bathtub, and she's...
1: it also is like, my DP was furious with me, but I was very <laughs> adamant that it had to be a red tile bathtub.
0: I mean he got fucking results it looks good. Um she so her mom is like bathing and she's like ah you know you've got to practice that Niccolo Paganini song and she's like yeah. And this kid now this kid has a little um shitty like doll that she keeps dipping the doll in the bath water. If I'm the mom I'm like hey do you fucking mind with this gross doll? Like what are what are you what are you doing? Um and then so the daughter Murders her mom uh, by, uh, so she dips the doll's head in the bath water, pulls it out and starts drying it with a hairdryer, and then goes, ah, and throws the hairdryer into the bath.
1: Yes. Also, daughter played by Luigi Cosi's real wife, child. Good
0: for her. There we go. Listen, it wasn't nepotism. She got this jo- job because she just happened to be the best child actor who showed up that day to throw a hairdryer dryer. the bath. <laughs> Um, they he, just threw the doors
1: open on the streets of Rome and said, Whoever <laughs> has a doll and a good throwing arm can be a star.
0: Yeah, she's like throwing out the first ball of the season. She what's incredible <laughs> is that the when so apparently if you drop a hairdryer in a bath, it flash fries you in like five seconds.
1: And 2D animated lightning <laughs> is superimposed on your face and body. Yeah,
0: there's 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 animated lightning and then also it cuts to her going, Oh no, I'm getting electrocuted and cutting back to the kids smirking like haha, this whips ass. And it cuts back and her face looks like pizza. Like she has just yeah. been just flame broiled by this <laughs> hairdryer.
1: This movie has an incredibly low budget. <laughs> they spent all of their money on that one shot of the canal.
0: It's a good, it's a good shot. <laughs> they they got the Venice canal clearly in the shot. So um, now we cut to um, the the big thing about this. Now it's it's the late 1980s, and what the people wanted during this period is rock bands getting murdered, and
1: and Ozzy delivers.
0: He... My God, he does. We get... Now, we get a, 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 a girl uh, rock group. Now, now, actually, that sounds sexist. Girl rock is... Well, I mean, I guess girl rock is a thing, right?
1: It is a rock group that happens to be all women.
0: Yeah, it's not like Riot Girl Punk. Like, it's... Now... What's incredible about this, I, I feel like this is in conversation with, like, Rock and Roll Nightmare and Slumber Party Massacre 2, where it's Terror just,
1: on Tour.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Black
1: Roses, Kiss Meets the Phantom of the
0: Park. Trick or Treat, the first one, not the Trick or Treat. Um, it's, it's a lot. And so this band plays a song uh, in the studio that is literally just, like, the Jimmy Hart WCW version of You Give Love a Bad Name by Bon Jovi.
1: It like, is, I believe the lyrics are, stay the night, lose control.
0: <laughs> I like, by the way, how nondescript the lyrics are, because like, it's it's almost like this was Italy's imagination of what American pop music sounded like during this period, and they're not fucking wrong.
1: No, it's, it's very accurate. Also, uh, definitely have been driving around town with this motherfucking CD of this song <laughs> in my car. It kind of whips ass. layering it in the child pickup line at my son's elementary <laughs> school.
0: You got to let the babies know what's up. You know, you got to lose control. You got to um, hang out. Rock and, and roll. Rock and roll. <laughs> Fucking, listen, if, if they don't, you would rather he learned, you, you would rather he learned about it in the house. You know, like you don't want him to learn about rocking and rolling from his friends. You want to be able to control that. Um, now, the, and so it's a girl group. The singer of this group, I need to point out, now, they're all uh, Italian actors. I don't think English is their first language, but they do a pretty good job with the material. The late singer of the thing, like, her work rate, facial expression-wise, is off the charts.
1: She also is wearing what is basically streamers.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're like Macho Man Randy Savage's jacket.
1: It's these these leggings that are just the largest whole uh, fishnets, mm-hmm. and then a bralette and like uh, a tails, like a formal tuxedo jacket.
0: Yeah, I love that every. By the way, every I feel like everybody in this movie dresses like a child's imagination of what sexy adults dress like, and I'm <laughs> like fucking here for it. I love it so much. Um and so uh, they're they're recording a song and apparently and now the thing that drives me crazy there is we never get a band name for this band no we cuz why would why would we need to know what this band is called that we follow throughout the movie um but they're successful enough apparently to have um a producer who balls them out for uh making music that's derivative of their previous stuff and they're stuck in a rut and they just they need they need that x factor they need something new and they need to write a new song and their producer is like fuck all of you and they're like shit if only we could find a forbidden composition by a baroque composer slash violinist who could help shake us out of our rut um and the the i think he's is he the drummer I, I don't know.
1: He's the man.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the lone dude in this band. Um, And he... Now, I can't even believe I'm going to say this. Donald Pleasance is in this film. <laughs> Donald... Actual, factual
1: Donald Pleasance. <laughs> Hot off the set of <laughs> Halloween 2.
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, wait, by this point it would be like Halloween 3. Five, four? Yeah.
1: Five? I don't. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Eighty-six. So. Oh, there
0: we go. There we go. He is now, and uh, Donald actually... No, I'm sorry.
1: Eighty-eight.
0: Oh, well, there we go. So he he was just like stepping off the sinking boat of Halloween, like Jack Sparrow onto the dock of Paganini Horror. Um, and he, um, he is in this motion picture. He is half asleep for most of this He's, movie.
1: <laughs> Look, this man. Has been in the trenches of the Halloween franchise. Give him a break. He he's... needed a he needed rest during this. Movie.
0: Yeah, he he needed a celluloid hammock. Like he, he's this is
1: doing this movie solely for craft services. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, well, I like cheese cubes, and they had some pretty good ones backstage <laughs> at <laughs> Polyneur. Yeah, I mean he's. Now, and, and his his role in this, which is, I think, kept pretty fucking mysterious throughout, even through the ending. Um, the
1: ending where they... Okay, so, spoiler. Mm-hmm. The ending is not very good. Spoiler, <laughs> spoiler. Mm-hmm. The ending tries to explain itself. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Mm-hmm. The ending tries to explain itself with the character saying, You mean you're the devil and I'm in hell? <laughs> And, they're, what, and Donald Pleasance is like, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And then the movie ends.
0: Yeah, he's basically Ted Danson in the good place, it turns out. And she's just like, well, this is the bad place? And then he stabs her. Um, but he, his his, his thing that he does when he meets the, 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 the lone dude in this band in an alleyway is that he has a briefcase full of fucking... Uh, dank Paganini scores that the world has never seen before. <laughs> Where he's like, ah, I've got a secret composition from Paganini. And he's like, oh, sweet. This is the new sound we're looking for. And then he, you know, so he gets an illicit Paganini score from Donald Pleasance in an alleyway. Um, honestly, this Donald Pleasance's screen presence in this movie is Incredible. Because he, it's it's not that he looks drunk or tired, although he was probably both. Um, there's like a sort of unhinged consequences don't exist because I'm in a bad movie vibe. Where he's just like, he's acting for the cheap seats in a way that like, I don't know, there's, there's something unselfconscious about it where he's just like, look, no one is going to be fucking watching Paganini horror this garbage Italian movie. So yeah, he's just he's just letting it fly. The song itself sounds like John Tesh.
1: Yeah, it's not great.
0: It's not very good. Um, now he he brings the score back and the band. There's uh verbatim. I wrote this quote down because I I, I loved it so much. Was one of them says, "Do you mean Niccolo Paganini, the famous Italian violinist?" When he's like. <laughs> Hey guys, I I torrented uh, a secret Paganini track. They decide to shoot a music video that is a horror music video because one of them points out Thriller.
1: Yeah, so Thriller was popular. Um, It is 1988, so they do a horror music video, which just means they find an old house and they throw some sheets and fake blood everywhere. And, oh, they get a guy to wear a, a devil mask.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he uh, sort of pops up uh, with a knife. Now, the thing about it is, I don't know why it has to be called Paganini Horror. Like, it doesn't... The The piece itself, I love so much that they were like, okay, well, what if we unearthed uh, a never-before-heard Paganini composition that sounds exactly like an American pop song? <laughs> He was really ahead of his time, was Paganini, um, and this—I uh, don't even remember. Like, what are the song lyrics about? Is it about like sort of? I like to hang out and party oh, all it's, night or whatever.
1: Stay the night. So, like, let's you know do the do the thing of of the sex. We're not going to say the word sex because pop music and and nuance.
0: Right, right. Um, Now, this uh, horror director guy kind of looks like Mark from Rent, um, where he's just extremely like, yes, I don't know. He's just like super into being a horror director in the way that I wonder if um, Luigi Cosi was like looking at this character as like a self insert, like Yes, you love to make shitty horror movies. So do I. Now, and so while they're making the music video, uh, one of them uh, reveals that uh, the house that they are in right now, in this, like, dilapidated Venetian manse, uh, once belonged to Niccolò Paganini. And also, it's saying, like, they're they're like, he murdered his wife? I, I think... I think this movie thinks that Paganini was basically Rasputin, <laughs> like he's kind of magic and maybe evil or something. And also
1: plays violin with his giant dick.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and they they keep making reference to a uh, a curse, Paganini's curse. What is Paganini's curse? You know his curse. <laughs> Yeah, that's the problem with Baroque uh, musicians. You couldn't swing a cat without hitting a curse they would give you. Like, they would just give it away at, like, holiday parties. Like, it's it's a real problem in Venice. Um, now, Paganini um, murders the shit out of the bass player. Um, he, Paganini... So, oh, yeah,
1: a, a, an actual, factual Paganini murderer shows up. But he's in a mask, so, like, it... This movie doesn't know if it's a jalo or a um, supernatural horror movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's like Paganini standing in front of in front of a mirror, like putting on black gloves and then taking them off again. Like, oh, was that too much? Am I being, <laughs> am I being extra here with the with the the murder? Um, he now, why does he have to wear the mask though?
1: Well, because he's got a skull face, I guess. Or something i'm I'm not quite sure,
0: yeah, like is it the element of surprise because like I gotta tell you I'm, I'm watching a movie called Paganini horror. I am already fucking on board with zombie Paganini stabbing people with a violin that has a knife on the bottom
1: oh man
0: um <laughs> it's it's a lot um now so the bass player dies and disappears and they don't know what's happening and one of them is like all right well, let's fucking replace her like she doesn't waste any time. Ah. After this bass player gets murdered, before she's like, "Who, who the fuck else we got? We got listen. We got to go on tour. We have to record songs about being up all night and partying. So <laughs> you know, we we need a bass player for that." Um, the the director is like mannequins,
1: so they set up mannequins like you do.
0: Yeah, and the now the how what was the deal with the mannequins like he's just like let's just have a bunch of them because it'll look super dope or
1: you know the whole movie is like a weird fever dream it has little to no internal logic
0: and the logic it does have is upsetting um (laughs) the
1: because let's talk about how It presupposes that there are just mannequins laying around in Niccolo (laughs) Paganini's haunted
0: house. Yeah, where the fuck did they get all these mannequins? Like, they were just... Like, listen, if you go down to the basement, there's, like, uh, a giant uh, bag full of violin knives. You got the mannequins. You got the creepy baby (laughs) dolls. Like... You have a casket in the shape of a violin case. Oh, man. All right, that's pretty dope, though, that violin casket. (laughs) Um, which, by the way, makes me think of the fact that, so I, uh, shamefully, I, I play guitar, um, and when I was a, uh, when I was, like, a teenager, the thing I wanted above all else was a coffin case, a, a coffin guitar case. Um, it, it's just, literally, it's, it's just a guitar case in the shape of a coffin that is impressive and exciting to exactly no one, but when you're, like, <laughs> 17 and listening to a lot of death metal, you're just, like... But how can I let everybody know that I mean business with a regular guitar case? So, <laughs> t- 34-year-old me was looking at this violin case and going, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's pretty great. Um, Paganini's plan here is to stab people.
1: Yes, to just just stab people. And there's no grand, like, so the curse will be lifted, so the, you know prophecy will be fulfilled just just poking people with knives
0: <laughs> I mean he's got he's a really single issue voter I feel um, he just wants to stab people and that's now it's never like Paganini I, I side note here this is apropos of nothing but I think about it a lot. Um, Paganini was sort of a proto Robert Johnson in terms of um, urban legends about his mythology apparently Paganini. Um, the, the, the rumor about Paganini was that he mortgaged his soul to the devil to have his, like, amazing violin skills. He once actually, before a performance, had to provide a note written by his parents that his father was not Satan back in the day because people were really worried about that
1: just shows up hat in hand dad i need another note
0: (laughs) god damn it niccolo and i mean like damn it son we've talked about this and like he did have a pretty like severus snape vibe going on so that makes sense Um, anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. Just wanted that on the record. You know,
1: about- all of a sudden, I also am starting to deeply identify with Paganini <laughs> for some reason.
0: Well, I mean, he was he was a fucking ghoul who was really good at exactly one thing with violin, <laughs> and also I feel um, I feel frustrated that this movie did not employ uh, guitarist Ingve Malmstein as Paganini because that guy like. You know how um, Rob Zombie looked at the Texas Chainsaw Massacre two and went, "I could make that, but like half a dozen times." Yeah, <laughs> this was this was Malmsteen with Niccolo Paganini. Like they should have, they should have gotten him and his leather pants and his fucking Dracar Noir soaked torso to show up and be Paganini in this horror movie. And it's a it's a shame that he, that they didn't. Um, everybody in this movie is constantly trying not to laugh.
1: Yeah. It's it's tough, and also you know it's especially tough because there's a killer violinist with a gold mask, um, <laughs> waltzing about.
0: <laughs> the honestly, it didn't that mask didn't need to be gold, but I'm I'm happy that it is. He now he's uh, uh, stalking around like murdering people. It's never clear to me what the song Paganini horrors. I function like what is it meant to be in conjunction with the guy wandering around stabbing people like oh no 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 I know I know I know this one if they play the song backwards it'll like banish him to the shadow realm
1: right so so here's my question mm-hmm. does it mean they play the notes backwards or are we talking about the Gaze band that all of our friends had in high school where they just recorded the song and played the song backwards in audacity because
0: it sounds real deep man (laughs) man that you just gave me such a sense memory of like all my (laughs) friends who are like their entire thing was like but it's trippy though and you're like but is it good and they're like it is trippy and that's (laughs) yeah Yeah, give you you that but is it good (laughs) Yeah, like they just now and of course like backmasking during this time was also a uh, really popular because of the satanic panic. Yes. So, you know, it's honestly kind of a Mr. Mixelplick thing where they're like if you play <laughs> the song backwards it'll banish Niccolò Paganini. Um but they never really they never really go back to it so much. Like No, they, they
1: do because at the end uh she's like, "Hey, uh it's over. It's finally over." And they're like, "Well, actually, you didn't play the song backwards, in your haste you played it forwards, which means that it's worse, you're worse
0: off, you double Paganini. It's just a classic mistake, you were meant to play it backwards and you played it for. Listen, we've I've done it a million times. Um, now, the soundtrack, and I cannot stress this enough, that in a movie about fucking demon Paganini, the soundtrack is entirely synthesizer
1: entirely synthesizer and it rules
0: yeah they're using like the violin midi settings like like, i cannot
1: stress enough how happy i am with lens drip films everyone needs to go uh, buy dvds from them Mm -hmm. because they have the good shit whereas if i bought this on fucking amazon i would not have gotten a cd and also all horror movies of italian origin need to just come with a compact disc of the score.
0: Completely agree. And honestly, like, th- this is my thing with a lot of Giallo films. The soundtrack, like, the movie itself may be half a bag of expired potato chips. The performances may be shit. The plot might be thin. Like, I don't care about any of that because the soundtrack on Italian movies usually whips ass. Yeah. Um,
1: um, especially Italian horror movies of the 70s and 80s they all have that incredible it's either goblin or a a goblin um someone approximating goblin
0: it's either goblin or like gremlin or like it's 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 something off brand honestly
1: munchies or critters Ghoulies.
0: Ghoulies, honestly, <laughs> for me, like I, I, I think the high water mark for me, uh, and this is a total side note, but um, I think the my favorite Jalo soundtrack is uh, from Four Flies on Grey Velvet, um, which is a Jalla movie that like it, it like involves a band that has an organ player. I am such a fucking mark for organ in music. Like I, I love it when you get like a cheeky bit of, and I don't know if this is because of like. Um, when I was a kid, I had uh, a bunch of songs on a cassette tape that my dad had, like, recorded for me one summer, and uh, Whiter Shade of Pale by Procol Harum was on there, so I've just, I've got a huge weakness for organ, and anyway, yeah, like, Jalo movies, I don't know how I feel about Jalo movies aside from, like, I love them on principle, but also, I don't know that I want to, like, sit down and watch, like, The Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward or whatever, but <laughs> anyway, um, now- And yet- And yet- um, now there's here we a, are, yeah, exactly. Exactly, there's no escaping it. Um, we so, so we,
1: hey, did you know Anton levey was originally
0: a calliope player? Yes, uh, he, <laughs> of course, that cornball motherfucker was out here, like, tickling the ivories on a calliope organ. Um, Jesus <laughs> Christ, he he released albums, like, it's, it's a lot. Uh, we. So we get a scene in this movie that I, I have been thinking about since I saw this uh, film film, uh, where Donald Pleasence, who is in this movie, is on like the top of like a clock tower or something. Um, he's like about to assassinate JFK from this clock tower, um, and he uh, has a giant sack full of money, and he just like throws that money off the building going ah little demons the little demons and he's just throwing money off the
1: money that he earned from selling that briefcase of paganini
0: is that what that was
1: yeah so like that's the big deal so that shows us you know well clearly he's not in it for the money he's in it for the the chaos which Mm. again very joker of him
0: yeah, yeah, he's he he's throwing money off the thing like Joker in the third act of Batman, where he's just like on the parade float. Um, I just want
1: to jump off a motherfucking bridge because we are using Joker as legitimate film criticism now. Oof. <laughs> it's just
0: bad. Wait, side side note here we've we've both watched that new Joker movie, right? Yeah, it's very bad. <laughs> it's extremely bad. Um, it I, got
1: a motherfucking Academy Award nomination.
0: Cursed, honestly. Like, uh, and and like, Joaquin Phoenix being good in a thing is not an argument for that thing being good. Like,
1: exactly. Yeah, but, he's working really hard with very little source material.
0: Yeah, like Joaquin Phoenix is a great fucking actor, and I feel like when when I watched that movie, I was so annoyed that I'm like this is the thing we've been having cultural discourse about? Like, this sub-David Fincher... Like, this movie wants to be misanthropic, but it's too stupid to be misanthropic.
1: Yes, the whole, I'm gonna finally... It's 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 also very sad that of the, oh, 100 years of Batman comic books... Mm-hmm. That they can't take any of the good Joker storylines and adapt that. They just have to say, based off of characters by Bill Finger and Bob Kane.
0: What it is, is that everybody is constantly doing cover versions of the Killing Joke, which fucking sucks.
1: Yeah, the Killing Joke was not good. And they're like, well, we'll just do that again. And then, yeah, it. no one fucking cares. Yeah. It's not good and also that's the thing is like i don't give a shit about how sad the joker is and why you know he although i will concede when he brings a gun to the children's hospital that scene rips oh yeah
0: yeah there there are bits of the joker movie that i'm like all right that was that was pretty dope though like
1: it's like boo-hoo he's got a bad mom and he doesn't like his job and He's like I'm also just unsympathetic for the Joker because he's an avatar for angry white nerds, and I just can't care.
0: Yeah, he's he fucking incels. Like it's like yeah. uh, you know, if this horrible woman hadn't turned down his love, he wouldn't have become a mass murderer or whatever. And it's like, look, I like all of us are depressed all of the time, and yet we manage not to murder people.
1: Okay, and also, like, I've seen Maniac and Taxi Driver and fucking Driller Killer and the thousands of other unhinged white man movies. Love all three of those movies, by the way. Those are actually
0: good versions of that, of that
1: narrative. <laughs> yeah, so, like, get the fuck out of here. I,
0: I mean, I I Todd do, Phillips. <laughs> I mean, I do love that Martin Scorsese, who pr- uh, produced Joker has never seen joker and and actually like someone asked him like have you seen it? he's like i think i'm good you know like i think i've, I've probably basically seen it like i don't i feel i, feel... I
1: saw the paychecks <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like michael Kane uh talking about uh, jaws the revenge where he's like well i've never seen the movie but i have seen the house it bought and it's great like, yeah, God bless Martin Scorsese. So anyway, so Paganini Horror, the incidental music in this movie does actually kick ass.
1: It's very good. It's driving, pounding, eight oh eight. It's it's midi synthesizer. Yeah. It's a lot of. Um, okay, so I'm gonna do a weird commercial nested inside of this podcast. Please, we have a Patreon. And on our Patreon, you can get the show notes uh, for what we have done. Mm -hmm. Ryan has successfully made me laugh multiple times with the screen captures that they have chosen (laughs) for these show notes that I was not expecting until I scrolled to the next page.
0: I mean, it's listen, this movie... (laughs) now here to your to your point when you were talking about like how how low budget this movie is because they had to fucking uh ink in all the lightning bolt marks when she's getting electrocuted in the bath or whatever they i feel like they dumped all of their money into one special effect and it's a member of the band getting like turned into a pork rind
1: (laughs) yeah she is just
0: she's just a big uh, scab. It's incredible. Like she's and she just sort of comes out going like and everyone's like oh jesus and she just like spends an entire scene screaming and then dies. Um it's it's pretty cool. Um they now so the thing about the third act of this movie and I also feel sort of silly talking about the first, second and third acts of the movie Paganini Horror. <laughs> Paganini like, Horror. Yeah, the the Shakespearean fucking drama Paganini Horror. Um, the the third act of this movie is a lot of the band sort of wandering around the manse, like, looking at stuff while pretty cool instrumental music plays. Like, yeah. they they knew where they wanted to—well, ev- actually, I was going to say that they, they knew where they wanted to eventually go, but I don't know that that— holds water. I don't know that they now, knew they were did going anywhere. I need to
1: point out that uh, this Blu-ray has the alternate ending <sighs> and that it has uh, it was planned to be better um, Causey put inserts from Star Crash his better movie in this one because he's like I'm just going to show these planets aligning uh, and then the producers are like cut that shit out no So I did not I I don't want to consider that because we only consider the finished product when ranking it. Of course. Um, Because we can't talk about well it could have been good, but there the ending that we watched is not the director's cut so to speak okay
0: so wait so i'm i'm a messy bitch what was the original ending meant to be like like with 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 zero bearing on where we will eventually rank this movie on our list like what what was his original vision for paganini horror
1: well he took shots that he did from star crash that he didn't get to do which is star Wars, which is his take on star wars because sh- it was the 80s
0: that's, that was the thing. I thought you were just talking about, like, extras on That's literally what it was, was just, like, here are scenes from my other movie.
1: Here are the planet special effects of the planets all aligning in a row from Star Crash. <laughs> to show, that, and he was like, I thought it was kind of clever. It looked really good. I didn't get to use it. And we spent so much money on those special effects. I had to use them somewhere. And then the producer was like, no, Luigi. Quit, quit making star cra- trying to make star crash happen it's not going to happen
0: every movie he makes like oh, i thought i would make like a, 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 a when harry met sally ripoff that also features the aligning of the planets at the end like everything <laughs> he's just he needs to find a way to sh- like get his shit in and show that sequence oh outstanding um we so you know, we come toward the end of the movie, and uh, one of them finds some mushrooms, and was like, "Oh, the there's wood from the mushrooms that was used to make Paganini's violin." And like, it's it's like it, it tries doing world building on the back half of this movie, but doesn't have enough time, so they just kind of go, "Ah, wood exists," and then we get to a bit where Paganini. Um, gets uh is he a vampire he sunlight (laughs) hits him and he (laughs) dies
1: but not before the record producer who who her hubris to say y'all are making whack tracks find something new (laughs) is crushed by an invisible wall and just pops like a boil
0: that sequence actually owns like
1: and and you know how they did that effect
0: how did they do that?
1: They took a, a piece of plate glass and just laid it on her, and then just squirted um, blood squeeze bulbs out of tubing and just covered the tube. Because like her nose is squished up because she's just like a like a six year old in the back seat of a station wagon, uh, rolling the window up and down, just squishing her face against the glass. <laughs>
0: The, honestly, I I I was kind of. She looks like uh, somebody jabbed a capri sun really hard. Like she just starts, <laughs> she just starts gushing, you know, at, yeah. like just crushed by an invisible wall. I they, also love that
1: the um the sheet music off camera just drenched in blood.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. The sheet music that contains Paganini's like hidden track or whatever, like everything just gets covered in blood, and I feel like. If you're a low budget uh, horror movie, the least you can do is shell out for gallons of fake blood that you drench everything in.
1: Yes, yes. Don't. It's, it's, I'm here for
0: it. Don't skimp on the blood. Like if you, I mean, I'm generally down for everything gushing blood in a, in a, in a horror movie. But like if, if if you know if you can be anything as a low budget horror movie, you should at least be bloody. I feel um yeah and that that might you know that might just be a a, a you know stylistic preference but so so
1: paganini
0: catches on fire <laughs> and his ashes <laughs> it's in the shape of a treble clef he die he gets killed by the sun and his ashes are a treble clef and he, and that's it and that's how paganini dies they never fucking explain why the sun might kill Paganini. Like, it's just... It's a thing that happens because, like, this... Like, uh, this director must have seen, like, a couple of vampire movies and gone, All right, that'll work. <laughs> like, that'll, that'll do the just The producer's
1: funny. like, listen, we're, we are out of money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it listen. reminds
1: me a lot... So, so I know I'm constantly going back to <laughs> Masters of the Universe. Oh, sure, sure. But literally masters of the universe they were filming the final scene and like like a show where they pull the plug because of the noise complaints i I don't know about you i've been to a lot of house shows and actually Mm -hmm. professional concerts where at 11 o'clock the music just turns off i was at a gbh matinee and they're like sorry we've got to cut the encore short uh, the bar has to close and reopen in an hour because it's disco night.
0: <laughs> God, that's wonderful. Honestly, I'm so nostalgic for a time when I could go to a, a a concert in person with like in in real life during the pandemic. Like, I would just weep with joy if they said to me over a PA, "We have to shut it down because a disco night begins in an hour." Like, that's. Oh, time gone by. All right, good yeah. night. Be safe. Go
1: home. Uh, that, you were halfway <laughs> through the song, they just unplugged the amps on the band.
0: All right, this next song. One, two, three. No, uh, sorry. No, no, no. We actually we it got, we gotta go home. Me of sorry. When
1: I saw Boris, and they were so angry. the guitar player was so angry that the amps would not go higher. They just quit playing in the middle of the set. And they had to literally tap the other guitar player on the shoulder and say, "We're leaving. Come with us," because they were still playing.
0: Whoa! So that guitar player was just in the fucking zone. Like I, I don't know. I don't know what anybody anybody else is doing. Like just
1: just riffing. And the drummer's like, "We're going. We're <laughs> we're in the van. <laughs> we're
0: this is actually we're not, pulling my, out of the parking lot. Come on. See my my head canon for him is that he was actually now if, a thing that I love about the 1980s, aside from like everything pop culture wise." Um, is that, I don't think that you get this so much anymore, but like with bands like, especially with hair metal bands, um, even the opening band would get like, all right, and now the drummer has a solo and now the guitar player has a solo and they've got like a 20 minute set. Like, (laughs) I love this thing that apparently, um, Vinnie Vincent invasion, which he was the guy that joined kiss in the early eighties and did a bunch of whatever. Um, apparently his entire, yes, yes. He's the onk warrior from kiss.
1: I've seen a lot of Never Forget Vinny Vincent on,
0: on Instagram lately. I'm so thrilled that you know who Vinny Vincent is. He... um, my, I think one of my favorite shady things for a band to do is for every member of a band but the one terrible member of that band to form a new band without that one person. Which, like, Alter Bridge did with Scott Stapp and, like, Dokken did without Don Dokken. And he... Um, apparently, Vinnie Vincent's entire band formed the band Slaughter because they were fucking tired of his like ten-minute-long guitar solos. Um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. The point is, um, Paganini gets fucking flambéed by the sun into a into a into a into a treble clef. Um, and at this point, you know the sun the sun has come up. It's morning in Venice. Uh, everybody's exiting the house, and we find out. Kind of, I guess, what Donald Pleasance's uh, entire thing is.
1: She's like the so the only person that survives is the lead singer of the band, and she's like, "Are you?" And he's like, "Some say I have no name, and others say I have a thousand names. <laughs> you can call me Bill the Bub Bill Your Bub.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can just uh, yeah, it's fine, Bill Z Bub." And he, yeah. Now, what's incredible about I it? I am Lucy, <laughs> Lucy Fur. I'm your Uncle Lou. <laughs> it, 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 it's me, Bob Morningstar. Um, and he, now, and it's it's never totally. Apparently, this has been hell the whole time. This is the bad place, right? Like she's yeah, sort of, yeah. oh no, this has been hell, and she's like trying to leave, and and they're like. Actually, the rich world building of Paganini Horror clearly states that if you don't play the song Paganini Horror backward, um, I get to hang out. And then he stabs her because he tells her that he hates people who sell their souls for fame.
1: Yeah, and it's why...
0: He don't like no sellouts.
1: But he literally makes... Well, I guess... Okay, so it does make sense, because Mm -hmm. he throws away the money. So, it's entrapment.
0: Ah, oh shit, I just understood the ending of Pocket Me. It's not good. (laughs) No, but it's something. It's an understanding I didn't have before we did this podcast, and I'm grateful
1: for it. He's like, I'm gonna, it's gotcha journalism, and it's
0: worse. I'm so sick of this. Donald Pleasance lead, leans in and goes, "Death to false metal!" and just stabs her. It's like a little jab with, like it's, like, it's like a little pen knife, just like, and she dies. And as she's doing this, by the way, there is a group of tourists
1: being, which is her and her friends.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's so it's like looping back around to the beginning of the movie.
1: Yeah but also she's the little girl from the beginning and this is like her punishment for killing her mom
0: yeah like she kills her mom and so she's being punished by getting to kill people and be a cool guy like i don't so so okay does
1: paganini torture angsty children who fucking hate to practice because then we're all going to hell I Anyone mean, who has ever taken a music lesson, by this logic, <laughs> is going to hell. I am fucked. I'm going to be killed by the composer of chopsticks.
0: Absolutely. Listen, it's it's a it's a uh, consummation devoutly to be wished. I am so in the weeds about Paganini and Satan and their relationship. <laughs> like, is Paganini is Paganini like um like the Goldar? To Satan's reader <laughs> rules. yeah, he's the he's the flavor flave to Satan's Chuck D. I feel. <laughs> like he's just leaving, just leaping out with a violin. Like it's, it, yeah. So suffice it to say, the uh, the plotting of Paganini horror, bit confusing. Just uh, but
1: the music, fucking amazing. Oh, appropriately, yeah. a movie about Paganini and the horrors of Paganini uh, has a ripping good time of a soundtrack
0: you know what actually and I I, I don't mean to navel gaze on Maine here but I feel like that's pretty thematically consistent with Paganini's music to me which is like <laughs> was there a point to it and was it good fuck no were there some neat fiddly bits in the soundtrack yeah yeah that was there <laughs> like, did
1: Paganini do a solo so hard <laughs> but, <laughs> We thought he was the son of Satan. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. Completely. Listen, also, <laughs> um I a thing here, I went down a Paganini uh Google hole while while researching for this episode. As pa-
1: did Luigi Cosi writing the screenplay. <laughs>
0: I feel very close to him. Uh <laughs> honestly, like Paganini's 24th Caprice. It it's a bit of a it's a bit of a bob. If you can YouTube uh, Yasha Heifetz playing uh, Paganini's 24th Caprice, it's 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 pretty good. So okay,
1: so here's the other buckwild thing about Paganini. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was originally supposed to be for the the Christopher Lambert uh, biopic. Mm-hmm. They made a goddamn Paganini biopic with Christopher Lambert. No, Klaus Kinski in '89 made a biopic.
0: Oh um, wow, wow! Yeah. Like like Klaus Kinski, Klaus Kinski. Like my best yeah, fiend, like, very Herzog ass Klaus the film
1: Kinski. Away from, um, but interestingly enough, uh, they gave it to Italian screenwriter Massimo Lentin- Lentini, mm-hmm. who I don't actually know who that is, uh, but I love that they're like. Kazi, you're an Italian, you can write this.
0: You've got this, man. You Listen, you've got, you've got everything you need for a movie about Paganini. You've got Paganini, you've got a synthesizer, you've got Donald Pleasance. Boom, fucking, you, you can do this.
1: Um, I don't want to get too lost. Oh, and Klaus Kinski directs and also stars as Paganini in his own movie.
0: <sighs> Honestly, Klaus Kinski... Now, here's the thing.
1: Oh, and because he also co-wrote with. So, so Kazi did well by not working on this doomed project because <laughs> he, Kazi is also well known uh, for there was a movie that Kazi uh, was working on mm-hmm. and he literally gave back the advance check because he wanted to rewrite the script and they're like the producers were like, "You can't do it." He's like, "Then I'm not going to direct." And he handed the Whoa. check back, and they're like, Shit. "No, you can't."
0: He's like, "See ya." And, <laughs> and he, he was, was like, like and then I... "I made Paganini And he was like, "I can't stand people who sell their souls for money." And then he just <laughs> threw money off of a clock tower. Yeah, yeah, yep. So yeah, honestly, Klaus Kinski, he, uh, I, I, yeah, he was genuinely like a monstrous human being, but also, I'm. I I need to watch his version of Paganini.
1: There's also a um, horse sex scene in Paganini.
0: Oh, good for him.
1: That's And and this is all according to uh, Michael J. Weldon, who is just a treasure. Mm -hmm. Um, The producers sued Kinski over it. Really? They're like, we did not want you to put horse sex in this movie, Kinski. God
0: damn it. The, you had one job! Horse sex or I walk. Like, this is, he's very exacting. He's got, like, one thing that he really needed to be in the movie. This um, is also Kinski's last film. God damn, what a swan song that is. <laughs> Quincy, I'm so happy to be alive in this moment and to have learned this. Man, um,
1: um, if you can find an out-of-print... So, it's out-of-print, but Michael J. Weldon's The Psychotronic Video Guide, which I am all but just reading passages on this podcast at this oh point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's an excellent uh, tome of weird fucking trivia.
0: <laughs> <sighs> all right, all right. So, let's knuckle down. Let's let's rank this, this fucking movie. Um, so
1: where what's another movie with just a really banging soundtrack my immediate go-to is maniac cop 2
0: yeah so maniac cop which is at number 238 um maniac cop 2 is much 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 better than Paganini horror they set a guy on fire
1: uh but he okay So I'm going to push back only because the guy that they set on fire in that movie Mm -hmm. doesn't get reduced to a treble (laughs) clef pile of (laughs) ashes. But other than that, you're right. It is a much better movie.
0: A thin blue line flag left in ash. (laughs) It's just a fucking cop's body. Oof. You know, that's a good point. But I feel like I should point out, like, Maniac Cop 2, I... I mean, if I'm putting the the tie-in rap for Maniac Cop Two over any uh, of the the genuinely just tasty synth riffs from Paganini Horror, I feel like I'm giving the edge to Maniac Cop Two.
1: Yeah, I'd say it's pretty good. I mean, it does uh, detail shooting the maniac cop with an Uzi to to know that,
0: <laughs> but he'll show up in your jacuzzi. Um, so, so scrolling down the list a little bit. So, if we're talking about, like, sort of uh, Baroque Nightmares, at number 342, we have a movie that I love very much, but it is a very bad movie. Uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula by uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Um, I... Now, that is also a movie... Listen, Bram Stoker's Dracula is a movie <laughs> that... <laughs> Um, kind of knows what it wants to do in a way that, like, it doesn't totally stick the landing, but, like, it's so in love with its own bullshit. So, yeah, so I want to give the edge to Bram, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula above uh, Pogginini Horror, but now the thing is, right below that is Deep Blue Sea 2 at number 345, and, like, Deep Blue Sea 2 is fine, I guess, but there's, there's not it much there. It does have... Baby Sharks. <laughs> doo, 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 doo. <laughs> baby. Yeah, it really... Actually, that's that's a good point. But I feel like Baby Sharks are almost like... It's not enough to go on where, we're like, with Paganini Horror, I have Paganini bursting into ash in the shape of a treble clef.
1: <laughs> and uh, some pretty good uh, generic new wave songs. Oh,
0: for sure. Yeah. Like, I, it's, it's a soundtrack. Honestly, I've downloaded the soundtrack, like, since we watched this. Like, I'm... Yeah, the soundtrack doesn't fuck around. It's all about partying all night and rocking and rolling, and I have to I have to get behind that. Um, yeah. Right above Paganini Horror uh, at number 344 would be The Killing of Satan at number 343, which, as you know, is a Thai movie about someone's dad in a jean jacket killing Satan.
1: Yeah, it's... Uh... Filipinos uh, don't fuck around and dads especially are good. And it yep. does have 2D animated laser effects much like paganini horror. Oh true. I think the I think there's a correlative uh, with the amount of 2D animation lasers and the quality of a film and this this proves it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think you're totally right. So yeah, so honestly I would. Uh, I feel pretty good about uh, having Paganini Horror on our list above Deep Blue Sea Two, but below The Killing of Satan. Sounds good. Yep, three forty-four. So there we go. Um, God damn this movie, Quincy. Where, uh, where can our listeners find us on the internet?
1: We are on all of your major major social media platforms. Um, our ta- our handle is at Rank and Vile on Instagram, at Rank and Vialcast on Twitter. We have a Gmail account, um, Rank of Wildcast. We have a YouTube page. Yeah, uh, we do. Where we have made playlists of the Paganini horror songs and the Maniac uh, Comp 2 rap in the same playlist. Your your one-stop really show. Good songs. <laughs> yeah. So like... go listen to those and our other um, curated. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what else could you possibly need the maniac cop Two rap and the Paganini horror soundtrack in one place? We uh, We're on stitcher. Uh, we are uh, just about on every platform. You might want to see it, Listen guys if you enjoy this ridiculous thing we're doing with rank and vile uh, And I also feel the need to point out I am on tender hooks because we are now 495 movies deep Folks, we are five movies away from having watched and talked about 500 horror and horror accessories.
1: We have to do a big one. I don't know what it's going to be. We'll have to talk off mic about what the big movie's going to be. Yeah, but uh, we gotta figure that out.
0: I feel like it's gonna have to be Bed and, brec- er, uh, dead and Breakfast, right? Oh, it must. Like, You're right? We You're we right. we've talked about it so much. It's like the only movie we talk about on this podcast is Dead and Breakfast, <laughs> uh, and I feel like yeah, yeah, five hundred in we gotta do it. Um, but yeah, hey, so hey,
1: um, some some boutique Blu-ray label put Dead and Breakfast on Blu-ray.
0: Yeah, you cowards. Please, David Carradine is in it, Diedrich Bader, come on. Um, but yeah, so if you like what we do, consider uh, popping over to iTunes and giving us a, uh, a review of however many stars you think uh, we, we, we might warrant for the thing that we do.
1: And if writing is not your thing, word of mouth is as powerful to getting new listeners to the show. So if you like it, just say to a friend... Hey, listen to this podcast.
0: Yeah, and honestly, everybody who's like sort of uh, shared us around and like listen, uh, it, it's it, it does so much, and we, we we love you guys. So thank you for uh, helping us do what we do. But uh, barring that, that or is too kind to us. If I, <laughs> <if I'm afraid. laughs> we did spooky buddies. You guys are so are so nice <laughs> to us. Uh, but yeah, barring that, that is about all I got. You got anything else? Stay spooky. Later, folks.